0: podcast now here's your host faraz sadiki and zach Rosudo. so let's let's get right into the wide receiver rankings let's get right into it i got Devonte adams at number one here. surprise yeah. two weeks in a row he was number one last week and did he finish as the overall wide receiver one last week i think he did
1: uh he did yes he did okay boom there you go that's all you need, <laughs> to, know. You all need to know yeah um, he's been fantastic that's all you have to say. He's on a tear. There's no reason not to start him as a wide receiver one this week overall. He has that skill. If it, if it
0: continues, like, listen, man, he runs most of his routes from the left side. The Rams have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side this this year. What can change? Jalen Ramsey shadowing him, that can change that up. Jalen Ramsey hasn't been playing in the nickel as much as he was early on in the year. So maybe that they end up doing that, but we'll we'll see. Right. Either way. You're firing him up. I got Amon Ra at number two. This is the highest that he's been all year long, but he's going up against Minnesota. And, you know, part of the reason why I have him up here is because I like his matchup a lot more than guys like Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, guys who would normally be above him. And in most weeks, they would be. Uh, but yeah. I have him here at number two against Minnesota. This is a, I think it's a 52 and a half over under, something like that. Um, so you know, out of the slot, you know, players have done extremely well against Minnesota. And Amon Ra, you know, he's absolutely been killing it lately. I think it's over the last few games. He's leading the. He's second. To only to Devonta to Adams in receiving yards. That's ahead of Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, all those guys. So he's been killing it lately. And um, yeah, this matchup is one of the best that you're going to see uh, for all of these wide receivers. And, you know, there could be a lot of points scored in this one.
1: Yeah, no, I was kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. When I saw that Amon Ross St. Brown was up two, but then I was like, hang on, wait a minute. got to look a little deeper than this. And we see that he's playing Minnesota, like you said. And that justifies it, you know, right there. Because Minnesota has been allowing tons of points. They allow Mac Jones to throw for almost 400 yards. You know, a bunch of guys had good games that week. Last week, same story with the Jets, you know. Garrett Wilson had a big game. Uh, I'm on Brown. He's been playing, like you said, a man possessed. So I think that he's going to be fantastic this week. There's no reason not to have him at two. I think you have to keep him under Devontae Adams. It makes sense because Devontae Adams has been on a similar tear, if not a better yeah. tear. You know, he's scoring more. And touchdowns. he has a great matchup, too. Yeah. Yeah, and he has a great matchup. That's true. Um, but I I don't think – I think there's definitely, you know, a merit to having him here too. Some people might not agree. They might be like, oh, you're overvaluing the matchup. That's not the case with this defense. Minnesota's defense is just perfect for fantasy football production. And I'm, I'm Ross St. Brown. This whole Lions offense, you know, has been much better. And they've been, you know, really on a tear. So I think that Jared Goff and them could get it done this week. And having him at two, I think it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean regardless Amon-Ra is going to be a top 6 wide receiver. You know, with these right. other guys, DeVonta Adams, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, he's going to be there. So, it's just a matter of like, you know, number one who's hot, number two, uh, you know, who has the best matchups, number three, you know, who's a legit good wide receiver. You know, and that's what mm-hmm. makes this top 6 right here. And that's how we're going to shuffle these guys. Um uh, but Amon-Ra like this week, you know, really excited to see what he could do. Um, that, that touchdown regression that that he has, you know, positive regression has come his way over the last couple of weeks. Let's see if it continues. Um, I like Tyreek Hill's matchup a little bit, um, especially, Well, you know, we'll see because there is, you know, Bryce Callahan, you know, we'll see if he ends up playing in this game. Um, he has mm-hmm. a groin injury, um, you know, that would kind of solidify the Chargers nickel coverage and, you know, it's a tough matchup, I would say. But overall, this this over under is at I think fifty one and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Fifty,
1: yeah, fifty one and a half.
0: Miami is favored by three and a half.
1: Yeah, that, that seems is a that little too high low to me. The the over I think I think it seems a little low. I mean, there's tons of weapons on these offenses, and you know the way that Justin Herbert's been playing better. Tua, uh, obviously, they had a tough outing against the Niners last week, but I think this could be a really good matchup. I mean, they flex this to Sunday, night, to Sunday night football for a reason. And I think that we could see fireworks because I think these it's a good are game for sure. Two very, two very high powered offenses with like, you know, middle of the pack defenses um, in terms of fantasy production. I think this is definitely a good game, a game in the target. It should be on that post that we're going to put out later tomorrow. Right. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Um, yeah, for sure. So,
0: you know, you got to have Tyreek Hill regardless, you know, of the matchup. And this is a neutral matchup at, you know, at worst. You know, so Terry yeah. Kill, you know, is going to be able to do his thing. And Justin Jefferson at Detroit at number four, the last time that these guys played against each other, Jeff Okuda, and Jeff Okuda had a little bit of help. I'm not saying it was all Jeff Okuda. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Justin Jefferson had one of his worst games of the season against the Lions. He ran every route. You know, it's not like he wasn't on the field, but he only caught three balls for 14 yards. So <laughs> Jeff Okuda and company. Did a really good job against Justin Jefferson. They're, they'll probably do something similar, you know, with him. Their goal, obviously, in that game was to take Justin Jefferson away, right? Um, it's not like they put Okuda on him. They're just like, okay, you handle him. No, you know, they're gonna give him a little help, which makes sense, um, because when you take away Justin Jefferson, that you give yourself a better chance of winning. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't lose that game, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, like. You know, I'm tempering expectations on Jefferson. However, like you're obviously firing him up. That's that's one of the reasons why I have him down here at four. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great game either.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a great game either because you look at Justin Jefferson and I'm, I think to myself, yeah, maybe Jeff Okuda and company, was, they were able to limit him in that first matchup. But do you really see a team playing Justin Jefferson twice and holding him to that type of production both times? Like, I, I just yeah. don't see it. I don't think that's going to happen. So I I think I'm kind of giving Justin Jefferson a mulligan here. He's not going to – the matchup doesn't scare me at all. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And where there's points, I think you're going to find Justin Jefferson. So I have him perfectly. I have him at four, you know, two. I I think that I would agree with this ranking. I I don't think there's anything that would keep me from putting him here. Uh, Definitely I would leave him under Tyreek Hill. I would definitely leave A.J. Brown under him. Yeah, this feels right. I'm looking around the guys that we have. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown has a better matchup, but Justin Jefferson, I, I'm i not worried about him at all. So you can say, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe Jeff Okuda, lock him up. Maybe you can look back at that and be like, okay, yeah, maybe we can temper expectations, but I'm really not. I'm going into this matchup like, okay, he, he's got a green. If you look at the sleeper game log, you know, it's a green matchup. They're allowing a lot of points. I'm looking at that, and just, you know, setting my lineup and forgetting it's Justin Jefferson. Of like, course. Let's, not, of let's course. not get cute with it.
0: You're playing him, but I have to justify yeah. my ranking somehow. Yeah, no, and, of course. And that's that's how I'm doing it. And, you you know, you saw Stefan Diggs against Detroit on Thanksgiving. Like, he was not happy in that game. Like, he was, you know, he was pretty um, he was locked up most of that game. Yeah. And, you know, he was complaining about it and all that. The first half was a half to forget. He came through at the end because he's Stefan Diggs and he has Josh Allen, um, mm-hmm. especially at the end there to win the game. But, you know, so I'm going to keep an eye on the, the Lions are trying to lock down these number one wide receivers. Um, yeah. AJ Brown at number five uh, against the Giants. I love this matchup for AJ Brown. Um, you know, we talked about this last week when talking about the Giants, but um, and Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin had a good game against them, um, but the Giants have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left perimeter over the last eight weeks. And guess where AJ Brown runs most of his routes from. The left from the left perimeter. Yeah. Almost 50% of his routes from the left perimeter. So AJ Brown has a chance to do his thing this week. And then we got Stefan Diggs in a tough matchup against the Jets. That's why he's all the way down at number six. Um, you know, the first time these guys went up up against each other, he had a decent, decent game. He did. Um yeah. nothing too crazy, but he had a good game. Uh so he could do the same again. But, you know, last week these guys did a a decent job on Justin Jefferson. And, you know, they could do, do a decent job on Stefan Diggs. So out of all of these guys, I think Stefan Diggs probably has the lowest ceiling uh, of the bunch this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's possible. And if you remember, too, Josh Allen, you know, the Jets defense gave him fits in the passing game as well. You know, he did get it done with his legs in that game, but the only way Stefan Diggs is going to get the receptions and the production is if Josh Allen's having himself a day and a strong day. We're not sure if that's going to happen. It is a divisional matchup. The Jets, you know, they're are, they're very good on defense. So I, I think tempering expectations here with Stefan Diggs is good. I wouldn't put him over, you know, A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson or anyone like that. Um, but leaving him here at six, it might feel low, but I think that you're on to something here, um, you know, as far as the matchup goes, because they got two lock, lockdown corners pretty much, you know, New York. And I, obviously um, they've allowed some points these past few weeks, but I, I wouldn't expect that to continue as a regular trend.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the good offenses, you know, like, you know, when a good offense and good defense meet, you know, it's, it's like, what's gonna happen, usually, usually the offense wins that usually. Yeah. Um, You know, based how the NFL rules are and all of that, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. Uh, the Jets in another one. This is a very important game for the Jets here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase at seven against Cleveland. Cleveland has been, you know, they've been giving up a lot of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, but when you look at what they've done against uh, number one wide receivers they've been holding it down for the most part Uh, which is why I didn't have him too high here I mean obviously he's at you know this high is high enough he's um, a solid but... wide
1: receiver one yeah
0: <laughs> but when you look at what they've done against like number one wide receivers, like on the outside, they like look at Tyreek Hill, five for forty four and only a touchdown. Jalen Waddle four for sixty six. Stefan Diggs four for forty eight. Chris Godwin last week, um, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, out of the slot, he went twelve for one ten, but he was running all of his routes from the slot. Um, mm-hmm. and you know they've been multiple wide receivers who you know didn't necessarily go off on the outside. So this is one of the situations where I'm tempering my expectations. Uh, but obviously, you're starting Jamar Chase. Um, you know, T. Higgins might end up going off because of it, because if they, you know, put more of their attention on Jamar Chase. Um, but all in all, overall, this is a decent matchup. It, it only isn't as good if Cleveland focuses on Jamar Chase and kind of like double teams him, brackets him a little bit. Uh, but I would assume that Jamar Chase, you know, he can get it done in any matchup. He can take the top off of any defense. I wouldn't worry about it with him.
1: Yeah. I I think I
0: mentioned.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think, I think maybe Jamar Chase feels a little low. I might you know, kind of be tempted to put him over Stefan Diggs just because, I mean, the way Joe Burrow is playing, you know, I think that T Higgins definitely benefited. He obviously got that touchdown last week and that helped his production. But I think if that touchdown goes to Jamar Chase, he has a huge game. And we saw Jamar Chase. He's looked like the Jamar Chase that we know. He's making some highlight reel catches that one that was almost a catch the one hander on the sideline. It would have been cool if he could have completed it, but Joe Burrow's looking for him. I think that was kind of a quiet performance for him by his own standard last week. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, kind of pop off in this matchup. I mean, Cleveland isn't, you know, like you said, a perfect matchup, but they're not like a bad matchup either. So I, I trust no, they're, they're not to take care of business. Especially with, like I said, with the way Joe Burrow's playing. He's just on fire. And this is kind of what we saw last last season, this time. They got hot at the end of the season and they look really good. And they just beat Patrick Mahomes, you know. I, I think he has it in him. I think this might be a little bit conservative having him at seven.
0: Yeah, I, I like Jalen Waddell this week. Um, I have him at eight here. Uh, the Chargers have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left perimeter in uh, the seventh most this season. And Jalen Waddle runs most of his routes from that left perimeter. So I do like him this week. I would, I would assume, like, the way that I'm thinking the, that the Chargers defend these guys, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have um, uh, what's his name? Asante Samuel Jr., shadow Jalen Waddle, and, and then I think they end up bracketing Tyreek Hill. You know, whether or yeah. not Bryce Callahan plays, especially on the routes that Tyreek Hill runs out of the slot, I think they end up bracketing him there. That's how they're going to try to attempt to do this, but it hasn't mm-hmm. worked We're with Tyreek Hill <laughs> this year. Like, I think this is another game where Tyreek Hill can potentially go off, so I'm not really worried about it. Whether or not Bryce Callahan plays doesn't matter to me. It's not really going to affect Tyreek Hill that much. I mean, right. Bryce Callahan's a good nickel corner, but still, like, Tyreek Hill's going to take care of business. And I think Jalen Waddle, he's been a little bit quiet. I think he could pop off in this game.
1: Yeah, the problem you run into with these dolphins receivers is they both have run right past you and go the end zone speed. You know, so it's like you can't leave them really one on one because they're liable to be, be beat any time, yeah. any corner. Like nobody's going to match Tyreek Hill's speed. Jalen Waddle's right up there in speed, you know. So they just have speed on speed at wide receiver. So bracketing them, like you said, is what's going to be required. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see many one on one looks for these guys because of the way that they play. Um, and that might be good. You know, they could find the soft spot in the zones. I think that this chargers defense isn't very good. And like we've had them for pretty much all season, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are both are both strong wide receiver one options. And that's funny to say still. I, I still think it's funny to say because who would have thought we'd have this pairing? I thought I remember earlier coming in the season, I was like, the Jalen Waddle breakout isn't gonna happen. He still had a pretty solid season. Um obviously he's yeah. not matching perception totals, but these two guys, you know, they're both startable. Like, you could swap them every week in terms of where we have them ranked. Like, Jalen Waller could be the third wide receiver three, you know. And then yeah. Hill could be the wide receiver eight. I think they're going to finish inside the top ten, you know, more weeks than not. And that should happen against a Chargers defense that isn't that good.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, and Chris Godwin, I have him here at nine. Um You know, he runs most of his routes from the slot and the San Francisco 49ers have given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. This is a a matchup that we have been taking advantage of every single week with whatever slot wide receiver goes up against the 49ers. We saw Tyreek Hill have some big plays out of the slot last week as well. So, you know, regardless of who it is, I think, you know, he's going to be able to get it done. That's why he cracked the top 10. This week, because of that. And, you know, he's been Tom Brady's favorite target, you know, lately. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the reception totals have been up there. The targets have been up there. And I think in this game, you know, if anyone's going to do anything, you know, on Tampa, it's going to be Chris Godwin.
1: Yeah. That's what I said. Do you think maybe this is like, you know, the skeleton key to beating, you know, the, the 49ers defense? Because, you know, they have that weakness at slot. And this is where Chris Godwin's been getting it done all season. You know, that's maybe. That's the problem,
0: though. That's it. Like that's their only weakness. I, I don't think yeah. it'll be enough to beat them, you know. But yes, like you know, Godwin will put up numbers. <laughs> but that's I don't what I mean. Think, yeah, I, I don't know if for the Bucks are going to be able to put up too many points in this one, especially in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But with Chris Godwin, I think you fire him up again. And like you said, some people might be like, "Oh, well, he only, he's only making you know production off of the catches." Well, who cares how he's making that production if he's you know having the consistency, the week-to-week consistency that he's had. These past few weeks, and he has upside, you know, he catches a touchdown, you're in good shape. And I think that's very possible this week against the Niners, if they're going to score a touchdown, it's probably gonna go through Chris Godwin. Obviously, Mike Evans has just been a slump. I'm not sure what that's about. Maybe there's something else going on there. But he hasn't been playing the way that we're used to seeing him play. And obviously, the running back and Tampa Bay, they're good. But they're not, you know, game changing at this point. So I, I think Chris is gonna be able to get it done this week. He's been elite in terms of his consistency, and like I said, with the targets that he's been getting, he has two straight weeks now with 13 targets. I don't expect that to change. Double digit targets again should be on the menu.
0: I got CeeDee Lamb at 10 here to round out of the top 10. You know, he's been solid. You know, all year long. Um, yep. You know, Houston does not give fantasy points up to wide receivers. They've given up the third least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Um, the fourth least over the course of the season, um, so this is not a a defense that gives up a lot of uh, production. Number one, And number two, like they might not need to throw the ball that much in this game. Like Zeke I don't think they're and Pollard are going to literally, I would say, what's the over under on the on the rushing on the rushing attempts by the running backs in this game? Like forty. I have no 38?
1: idea. Is is there is there a no no? no. Is, I'm is just asking you.
0: Like I'm asking you, me. Like, what do you think the number is going to be? The combined like attempts. From I think backs? I would say like twenty, like 37, 38, something like that. Like like eighteen attempts it, each.
1: It could be. I, I would. I think it kind of caps out, like you said, at eighteen to twenty each. I, I wouldn't expect yeah. like a humongous performance from either of them. It's not going to go one way or the other. But if that's, that's goes pretty big, though. That's pretty yeah. big. Like 18 yeah, it carries
0: is. for two running backs. That's it's that's that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it, assuming they do that, Dallas should be up big. And then yes. you know, Dallas and they've been in a couple games this season already where they have to they just pull their starters, you know, and they have the backup running backs come in. So that could actually pump up the total running back carries total, you know, um at the end, because i Malik Davis guy, he had he looked pretty good last week. But um, yeah, I, I think the running backs to go crazy. I don't think Dak Prescott throws more than twenty five passes. I'd actually be impressed. If he had to throw more than 20 passes, you know, he didn't have to do yeah. a whole lot on, on uh, what's called through the air last week. And I don't think they're going to have to do that again this week. And that kind of has me temporary expectations for CD lamb. I think CD Lamb's ceiling kind of capped out at like a touchdown and maybe six or seven catches because that's kind of like, how I see like, it. Yeah. Like we said, I don't think that they're going to need him to do that much this game. And it's not an indictment on CD lamb. It's just game script in these types of matchups tends to be king and CD lamb could be victim of that.
0: Agreed. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at 11 against New England. Number one wide receivers have done well against the Patriots. I'm not worried about this matchup at all. Uh, Specifically on that left side, I'm pretty sure um, they have been given up. Let me take a quick look at that. Um, I'm looking at, yeah, yeah. (laughs) On his left side, New England has given up the fourth most fantasy points to uh, uh, perimeter wide receivers on that left side over the last eight weeks and over the last four weeks. So good matchup for Hopkins. Hopefully he gets a target share because when Marquise Brown made his debut before the buy, he had more targets than Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. However, I love the matchup for Hopkins. That's why he's here at 11. Um, you know, you, I think most weeks, like if that target share ends up being similar or if it stays below Marquise Brown, Hopkins is going to move down. And I would assume it's going to be similar between him and Brown. But uh, I have him at 11 because I love the matchup this week.
1: Yeah, and it's funny to say that you love the matchup against New England, but it's true. You know, this is the way they've been playing. (laughs) These past couple of weeks have been pretty bad for them. And overall, you know, I think that might be pulling their, uh, what's it called, totals down this season. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a stretch that the Cardinals are catching them on with the bad defense. So I think that DeAndre Hopkins can absolutely get it done. And I wouldn't, you know, rule out Marquise Brown maybe out targeting him again. Even though I do like DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's uh, a more solid playmaker. I think he's going to get the looks in the red zone and, you know, closer to the goal line than maybe Marquise Brown. But um, I think look at what are
0: good. look at what the number one wide receivers have done lately against the Patriots. Stefan Diggs last week, seven for 92 and a touchdown. The week before that, Justin Jefferson, nine for 139 and a touchdown. Yep. Garrett Wilson, six for 115. Um, Amari Cooper didn't do so well because that was in New England, but he went four for 44 and a <laughs> touchdown. Um, yeah. Another outside wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, six for 92. Like, Al Lazard six for one sixteen. I'm keep going down. Tyreek Hill eight for ninety four. Like th- there are there's production here, man. Like I know that yep. on like if you're looking at um, the fantasy points overall for wide receivers, they aren't as high, but a lot of it's you know hyper targeted. Like you, you, we always talk about Bill Belichick taking away that number one wide receiver. Yeah, That hasn't happened this year. And
1: so the I'm Cardinals not have two. Worried about it. I I wouldn't really call, I mean, I know know DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, you don't want to mitigate what his, you know, legacy is as a wide receiver one. But the thing is, Marquise Brown, I think he's a wide receiver one in his own right as well. So who do you, who do you cover if you're the Patriots? You know, I think both of these guys could have a really good game because even though Marquise Brown might not have, you know, the jump ball contested catch um, ability of DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown has the speed, you know, and the big play ability to make him also a wide receiver one in his own right. So two, very different receivers, but they're both going to work on this offense. And like we said, with Kyler Murray playing better, at least it looked like he was, you know, with his full complement of weapons before the bye. I think both these guys could be really good. And I think 19, where we have Marquise Brown right now, that could be uh, actually pretty conservative. Uh, I think he could definitely finish up higher than that.
0: I definitely agree. And, you know, it, it was tough ranking him that low, to be honest with you. But uh, we'll get there. I do I, have a couple of questions around yeah. that, you know, between for, for Marquise Brown. Um, so I have I moved DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in pairs every yep. week because their production <laughs> has been so similar every single week. But I, I like Metcalf always a little bit more. So I, I got them at 12 and 13. You know, we mentioned, you know, them potentially missing Kenneth Walker this week, and you know, them might having to, you know, have the ball in Geno Smith's hands a little bit more. Um, you know, whether that means more dump offs or whatever, but that's more points for Geno Smith in this passing game. Um, so yeah, like the matchup is fine for Metcalf and Lockett. So I'm I'm all about it. Um, you know, just have them here. They're going to be in this range all year long, pretty much. Yep.
1: They're, I think they're definitely high-end wide receiver twos every week. Um, They're yes. kind of edging on, like you said, that's where we have them obviously this week, but they're kind of edging on the low-end wide receiver one side of things right now with the way Geno Smith is playing, and they're going to be making the playoff push, so they're going to have to, you know, go to their playmakers a lot more. I might put Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf just because it seems like even though DK Metcalf, you know, um, he's very good, and obviously we know he's like a transformer. Tyler Lockett, I think his production and his workload has been a little bit more secure. If DK Metcalf didn't have that last-minute touchdown, obviously, last week, which I'm not saying he's not going to get that, but up until that point, Tyler Lockett was outscoring him pretty much by a pretty wide margin. So I might put Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf if that matters. I don't know how many people have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on their team, but just a little thing that I'm noticing, I, I would maybe flip them. But they're they definitely think right.
0: The reason why I have Metcalf over Lockett is because I value the upside, the weekly upside, more than the, the consistent production. Like if you look at their game logs, for example, Tyler Lockett is very consistent. You know, every yeah. single week he's doing a similar thing. He had a, he he put up a high ceiling game last week, but Metcalf, you know, has more of those boom weeks than Lockett does. And his, his floor has been similar to Lockett's consistency. So that's why I kind of like have Metcalf overlock it just by an edge. Also, this particular week, um, you know, Carolina has actually defended the slot really well this year. Um, they're, they've they given up the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last uh, eight weeks and the second least over the last four weeks. Uh, but when Lockett lines up on the right perimeter, that's when he's really going to be doing this thing because they've been getting up the second most fantasy points on that side. Uh, but So I kind of do like um, Metcalf's matchup a little bit more just because he plays the perimeter more than Lockett does. But Lockett, I think that's five games in a row uh, where he scored a touchdown. Yeah, five games in a row where he scored a touchdown. That's absolutely bonkers. Love it. Yeah. Love it for him. I mean,
1: especially playing uh, alongside DK Metcalf. You got to think, like, that's just crazy. Put that in context even more. It's even more impressive.
0: Learn more at marines.com. I got T Higgins at fourteen here. Um, Keenan Allen at fifteen um, out of the slot against Miami. I, you know, he's going up against an undrafted rookie. Keenan Allen is this week, so you know that. I know, I know you talk, you talk to Miami fans. You know they love this guy. He's a good story and all, but he ain't no match for Keenan Allen. Okay. No. Um, Christian Kirk at sixteen against Tennessee. Tennessee has been uh, decent against the slot this year but they've given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers as a whole so it's gonna be interesting to see what kirk does this week and i think i had no i didn't i i i I was looking to see if i had um uh what's his name zay jones in my top 30 i have my like 31 or 32 it was tough to rank you know dj shark adam thielen and him like side by side i was trying to figure out who to start you know who to rank over who but Uh, Yeah, I do like the outside receivers more than the slot, but it's Christian Kirk. He's the guy, the main guy on this offense, but I can see this be a Zay Jones game. It's possible. You know, we've seen Christian Kirk, you know, kind of, you know, certain games that he doesn't have a great matchup out of the slot. He doesn't do as well, but when in games where he does have an amazing matchup out of the slot, he has done well. So, so we'll see uh you know how that goes this week but if you do have zay jones if you're looking for somebody like a little sleeper or something you need somebody to throw in um you know he can do his thing because on the perimeter the the titans have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year and over the last four weeks as well so zay jones can get it done for you as a solid flex play
1: yeah any week is liable to be zay jones week but i think christian kirk you know he should be able to have a good matchup um this week, like you said, um, against Tennessee, they're coming off a beating by AJ Brown, and obviously Christian Kirk isn't AJ Brown, but they're kind of trending in the wrong direction on defense. So I, I think that we can kind of, you know, pencil in Christian Kirk. I think that him having him as I, he, I think he's a high-end wide receiver too this week. Obviously, the consistency hasn't been there, but you know he's coming off a pretty good matchup. I think that he can, you know, build on that a little bit in a divisional matchup this week. I mean, they're trying to stay in the playoff, on I don't think they're going to make it anywhere, but um, yeah. He has it in him to have a good game.
0: I would say so. Uh, Garrett Wilson against Buffalo. We'll see. You know, Tredavious White made his debut last week. He came back. Um, didn't play so many snaps. He did play some snaps in coverage and, you know, but, you know, it, it, he's not all the way back yet. So, you know, we'll see. But Garrett Wilson, the way that he's been playing lately with Mike White, you got to You got to play him. Is he too low here?
1: I think he's a little low. I definitely have him over Christian Kirk. I think I okay. like Garrett Wilson's or prospects. Garrett Wilson with Mike White, White at quarterback. I think Garrett Wilson over Christian Kirk makes a lot of sense because it's Keenan a lot Allen? more weapons. Mm, I, I think I like Keenan Allen in this matchup against Miami. Okay, I think so that's sixteen.
0: Be fine. I I I'm gonna agree with you here. So let's move Christian Watson, um, to I'm sorry, let's move Kirk. Garrett Wilson to Garrett
1: Wilson sixteen
0: <laughs> yeah. and Garrett Wilson to sixteen and Christian Kirk to seventeen. That's what we'll do. I, I agree with you there. The question yeah. that I had for you now. Amari Cooper at Cincinnati, Marquise Brown versus New England. I have him at 18 and 19 respectively. Should we be moving Marquise Brown ahead of Amari Cooper? Yes. Okay. I was so gonna Marquise say Cooper's that before, be but
1: you said we get to this, but this is definitely Marquise Brown territory. Uh, listen, I'd like to create up. a
0: little bit of suspense oh, yeah, for yeah. The listeners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Yep. No, I, can't I hear you. Wait but... he- I can't wait until they talk about Marquise Brown. You know, you
1: got... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Marquise Brown, I think he absolutely deserves to be above. Uh, Amari Cooper this week, and you know the way I just talked about Marquise Brown earlier when we talked about DeAndre Hopkins I maybe would move him over Christian Kirk I, I think that this is a good matchup I think that the Cardinals are going to be very good on offense as they were last week and if not maybe even better because like we said this New England defense isn't playing that well but the thing for me is Amari Cooper you know I've obviously been a big Amari Cooper guy this season but I think this feels a little high for him if I'm being honest because obviously you can't buy too much into the, I, the home only white thing. I, I'm going to be
0: honest with you, Zach. Okay, and this is coming from the heart. Okay, the only right. reason why I have Amari Cooper this high is because of you. Like literally, that's really. It. Like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought you were going to yell at me. You, I thought you were going to give it to me today. No, no. Podcast so this podcast we're having so low.
1: Is it weird? Like, <laughs> and to say that we didn't see you know this coming with the you know the poor production last week with the Sean Watson a quarterback for the first time in two years. Um, that would be, you know, not true. I think we saw a little bit. It was
0: was also an away game.
1: It was an away game, but that's what I'm saying. This is also an away game. I don't Mm -hmm. know how much better Deshaun Watson is going to be than he was last week after a bonus week of practice. I don't think that's going to make the world a difference. And like we said, this is actually a pretty tough Cincinnati defense. So Deshaun Watson is pretty much a deciding factor in whether Amari Cooper is going to have a good game at this point. You know, I was happier with Jacoby Brissett, at quarterback. I'm not expecting very much for Amari Cooper. I think this feels a little bit high. Um, I think for the rest of the season, Amari Cooper might kind of, you know, I don't want to say he's going to shit the bed, but it might be it might be Deshaun Watson that helps him to do that. I think that Amari Cooper, we kind of have to lower expectations um, because Deshaun Watson did not look good. I'm not expecting him to look much better the rest of this season. The Browns are going to be out of the playoffs. So it's not like anything you can hope for that maybe they'll be playing meaningful football later in the season this is as meaningful as, as it's going to get. And this is pretty much just see what you have in Deshaun Watson territory for the Browns. I'm moving Amari Cooper down. I I'd maybe I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster this high either, but I would definitely move Amari Cooper down from 18 because I think this is actually, you know, maybe his ceiling.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. But Is that an overreaction? I don't think it's a ceiling. I think a ceiling is overall wide receiver one of the week. I'm going to be playing Amari Cooper in so many DFS lineups this week. It's not even funny. Because really, everybody's gonna okay. be off everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be off of him. This is quite a have, flip because I be, was the one. Oh, no, no, no. no. In now. in season long, in season long, I agree. But yeah. I have a feeling everyone's gonna be off of him this week. He's gonna have like three percent ownership in DFS tournaments. And you know, this isn't a great matchup, but if Deshaun Watson turns it around in one week, like this is one of those situations where Amari Cooper is very talented. He could put up two touchdowns and 120 yards uh in yeah. any given week. Uh, so that, that's why i would play him all over the place. But I agree with you. In regular fantasy, you know, season-long leagues, this is what we're going to do. Keenan Allen at 15. Garrett Wilson at 16. Christian Kirk at 17. No. I would
1: put Marquise, uh, Marquise, Brown, Marquise
0: Brown at 17. Christian Kirk at 18. And then Amari Cooper at 19. That's what we're going to do. Boom. Done.
1: All right. That sounds good.
0: Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, I got him at 20 uh against Denver. This is a tough matchup for Patrick Mahomes uh, and this passing offense. However, Denver has let up lately against the slot. Okay. It wasn't happening earlier, earlier on, but over the last eight weeks, Denver has given up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. And over the last four, the seventh most fantasy points, to slot wide receivers. So little sneaky juju action this week. <laughs> okay. I yeah. got him in the top 20 here. Um, I don't think I'm starting him over Amari, but I think you know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried. I, I would say yes. the Last couple of weeks he hasn't been doing his thing, and not something not something surprising to me. But he still has the ceiling. Still, Patrick Mahomes. So you know I'm not I wouldn't over you know do it where I'm just like completely benching him this week.
1: Yeah, I know, I know a lot of people
0: will. I know a lot yeah, of people. Will. They'll they'll look the right here and the fact that he hasn't been performing since you know he hasn't had a good game since you know several weeks ago but a lot of that was because he was He hurt.
1: hasn't had a good game since he got that injury since he hit the, got that yeah. concussion right mm-hmm. since that it's like exactly. he was finally catching fire a little bit and he got that concussion and now he's just back to the same old you know Smith-Schuster from earlier in the season um i'm not sure if this is a matchup where he turns it around but you know like you said the slot uh matchup is a bit intriguing so maybe you could start him there i think this is a little bit high for him anyway um the chief of- chief's offense looked human last week you know, against the Bengals and obviously the Denver's defense, you know, they're pretty good too. I'm not expecting them to, you know, shut down Patrick Mahomes. Nobody really shuts down Patrick Mahomes, but, um, I'm not sure I would start Juju Smith Schuster over Josh Palmer. I think Josh Palmer has a better matchup. He's a clearer number two option. I mean, even though Juju, I guess you could call him the wide receiver one there in Kansas city. He hasn't been used like it. Um, I I would maybe put Josh Palmer over him this week. I'm not a big fan of Juju. Um, this week, and I, I haven't really been a big Juju guy all season. Um, I think that's kind of been justified by the way he's been playing. He had that stretch where he's kind of defying the odds, but he's come back to earth. I think this is kind of where he's going to settle. I don't see much of a ceiling here. Kind of, the production kind of reminds me of Alan Robinson.
0: Yeah, I, I think he has a higher ceiling than Josh Palmer this week. Personally, um, I think you know Palmer. He's going to get the receptions. The t- if he lines up on the right side where he's been lining up a lot lately. Uh, it's a very tough matchup. I mean, the Miami's giving up the least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers on that right side. Um, he could do his thing. Just Keep in mind, also Mike Williams might play this week. This is a limited. Uh, he he was limited in practice on Wednesday, so it's possible you know Palmer isn't as as good of a play. <laughs> He's still a yeah. flex play though because the last time this happened, like Palmer caught two touchdowns, had a big game when when Mike and Williams and Keenan Allen were both active. Yep, that um, makes sense. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm going with Juju over Palmer, personally. I'm going over. So I have Debo, I have Palmer at 21. I have Debo at 22. Uh, I moved Debo up just a little bit because um, it looks like Brock Purdy is really, you know, aiming to sh- throw it short and intermediate for the most part. Yep. that's going to favor Christian McCaffrey. It's going to favor Debo Samuel. This is the first time I have Debo ranked over Brandon Ayuk this year, um, but that's part of the reason why. I mean, I like their matchups this this week overall. Debo is dealing with a little bit of. That um that what is it? He has like a like a thigh thing, like a it's not a thigh though. It, they yeah, don't call not, it a thigh because that's a little is it sexual a quad. Um, like... quad. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they call is it. That what it, they're, is? Calling it a, they're calling it a quad. I call it a thigh. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's a little bit banged up, but still, like he was able to play last week and he was fine and he was able to you know rack up some receptions. Hopefully, he's able to get some after the catch ability back. You know, after you know, as he recovers from that injury.
1: Yeah, and um, the, th- the thing with ahead. Brock Purdy, he didn't look that bad last week. And obviously, you know, that was against Miami. Um, I think Tampa Bay, they're not a terribly impressive defense, but they have some playmakers, so they can, you know, give him a little bit of trouble. But I think Brock Purdy is going to be fine. And I think I agree with having Debo here a little bit because he's more of a playmaker, I think, after the catch Brand Brent is. And he could lean into Debo Samuel, you know, this week, the way that Jimmy Garoppolo really didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo was targeting Brent Nayuk you know, most of the time more than Debo Samuel. And that was benefiting Brandon Ayuk a lot. You know, even with Debo yeah. Samuel on the field, Brandon Ayuk was getting those receptions. So this change at quarterback could be for the better for Debo Samuel. We'll see how it goes. If you're a Debo Samuel manager, you know, you, you might be jumping for joy a little bit because this could be an opportunity for him to kind of, you know, step back up into this offense where he's been pretty quiet the past few weeks. So I think this is good news for Debo Samuel managers. I would have him here. That makes sense. Um, if you watch, I don't know if you saw the one play, it's like, Brock Purdy does not look like Mr. Irrelevant. You know, he took the the Dolphins blitzed him. He rolled out right with the defenders in his face and threw like a sidearm pass to the sideline. And the guy caught it. I mean, it was only an 8-yard game, but that's not the type of stuff you expect from the last pick in the draft.
0: What was really cool about that was that, you know, so so the guy, so so the blitzer, so the blitzer came in from his right side, from the defense's left side, coming around the edge. And he let the defender come right at him to take advantage of the angle yeah he rolled right into it it. that's what it was if if that defender was coming you know on that right side and if purdy reacted to that right of way and started running out of the pocket it would have been a sack but instead he stayed in the pocket he knew that guy was coming and as soon as that guy came near him he dashed to the right and you know he made a miss miss the sack and then he like you said he completed that ball on the run. That was a very impressive play. I saw that. And that was that yeah. was that was awesome.
1: It it doesn't look like it's going to be all that bad. Obviously, does anyone expect Mr. Irrelevant to lead the Niners to a Super Bowl or something like that? No, but in terms of fantasy production, you know, it looks like they're gonna be and fine in the regular season, you know?
0: These 49ers fans are so funny. I have a lot of 49ers friends and like 49ers Twitter is hilarious. You yeah. know, they're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being back you know, maybe for an NFC championship game. And everyone's so excited, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, guys, make it to the NFC championship game first. Like, everyone's just assuming that they're yeah. going to make it to the NFC championship game. Yes, they have a great team. They could get there with Brock Purdy if their defense continues to play lights out. Yep. But still, do you really think, you know, can you get past the Cowboys? Can you get past the Eagles, you know, with Brock Purdy as your quarterback? I don't know. Let's think about that first before you worry about Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. <laughs>
1: before, right. you know, the playoffs. That's, that's just going to be interesting. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole story of Brock Purdy. I think this is going to be really interesting going down the stretch, but uh, like you said, I'm not sure if they're going to be, you know, going anywhere this season um, as far as, you know, playoffs are concerned, but I think it looks like from what we saw last week and we'll see how it goes this week. I think he's going to be fine too. Um, that they'll be relevant. There shouldn't be too much change change in terms of the fantasy value of the other players on these offense, like we've seen when other quarterbacks go down.
0: We got uh, Jerry Judy here at twenty three. He's going up against uh, Ladarius Snead. Uh, that's a good matchup, you know, against the Chiefs. You know, uh, Colton Sutton has pretty much been ruled out for this week. Uh, already like they they said that he's not going to play that's not a good sign he has a hamstring injury i'm assuming he'll be out again the following week but i think judy is a solid play i have him here as a low-end wide receiver too you know especially in a ppr league you know he can be solid you know early on in 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 the year like judy had some good games you know like he had you know uh, a um seven for 96 six for 63 and a touchdown um, and this was before, you know, he got hurt uh, before the bye week. And then he got hurt in week 10 right after the bye. Um, so he right. could have a decent day. Like, I, I wouldn't expect a huge ceiling or anything like that. But for, you know, a solid PPR guy, I think he could he could do something this week.
1: Yeah, the way that Broncos offense is playing, you can't expect a high ceiling from anybody. But even when Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy were on the field, Russell Wilson was targeting Jerry Judy plenty. You know, I'd argue he was targeting him more than Cortland Sutton and giving him more quality targets than Cortland Sutton was getting. Now you don't have to worry about starting Cortland Sutton this week. Obviously um, he didn't do much for you last week. uh, So he's probably going to be out this week. I'm not worried about that. I think Jared Judy stands to benefit the most and maybe Greg Dulcich, but this offense is terrible. Um, I don't expect him to put up more than 16 points. This week,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, he did well against Marlon Humphrey last week. Went four for sixty-five, uh, which is pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah. So, like, I think he could do something this week against the Chiefs. Um, I got Jacoby Myers at twenty-four. Uh, he might have a concussion. They didn't formally say anything yet, but he did leave last week's game. You know, in the in the end zone, he got hit pretty hard, causing an, an yeah. ejection. Um, you know, by the d- defensive player. Uh, so, you know, their first official practice is tomorrow because these guys hit them and um, Arizona are playing on Monday night so that they don't have to give an official designation on, uh, on Wednesday. They, they give it on Thursday. So we'll see what happens, but there's a possibility that Myers is out for this game uh, with in concussion protocol. So, so we'll see how that goes. Just keep that in mind. If he does play though, the matchup is great. Uh, yeah. Arizona has been terrible against slot wide receivers I think this could be a bounce back game for him. If he almost had a touchdown last week, but you know, if he ends up du- he ends up playing, I-, I think he'll be all right.
1: Yeah, I think he would have had a much better week, you know, last week too, if he didn't get that injury um, partway through. It was did he not play? He he he. It, it was with a anything.
0: shoulder. It was a shoulder injury early on. Yeah, like in the game before, he couldn't play the whole game. So that's what I mean. He's
1: like he's been like ailing a little bit, which. Yeah is I think he's definitely hurting his production because you look at his production earlier in the season it was super reliable you know he's actually a very good receiver for you um especially as a flex you know he was putting up 12 14 points a game with a relatively decent ceiling and the past few weeks he's just kind of been what we expected him to be pretty much he was definitely exceeding expectations earlier the season um but I even if he does play I would just temper expectations because I know it is a good matchup but The Patriots offense hasn't been playing very well as of late, even though it is a good matchup. And Jacoby Myers, like we said, if he's coming off an injury, he's been ailing the past few weeks. We've seen what that's yielded for him. He's only had, um, what is it, 10 catches the past three games. So I would temper expectations a little bit. I don't think this is really a ceiling play. But if you're in a spot where you want to hold on and see if he can do something for you, you know, as a last gasp and maybe make the playoffs, you could do that. It doesn't help that this is a Monday night because now you have to make a decision to either hold on to him and ride him out and then he doesn't start that would suck or if you have a better option available like if you have Jerry Judy are you starting him over Jacoby Myers I mean obviously he's higher in the rankings but like what about a guy like Devontae Smith what do you think
0: it, it, it depends um so if Jacoby if, Jaco- if I know Jacoby's playing then yeah I'm playing him over Devontae Smith this week because I, I don't love the matchup for Devontae Smith this week um but but Jacoby Myers um you know I would f- watch the practice reports. If he does not get a full practice on Saturday, I would assume that he's not going to play and I would not play him. If he gets a limited on Saturday, that means he's probably not going to play because in order to pass the concussion protocol, assuming that he's going to be in the concussion protocol, we'll find out today. But yeah, in order to pass a concussion protocol, you have to have at least one full practice in order to be eligible. Um, and then on top of that, on Sunday, you might not even know because they might not declare these the concussion protocol until Monday. So that would be annoying as well. So I would only, obviously, going into Sunday, you have to know whether Myers is cleared or not. And, and that's pretty much what it comes down to.
1: Right. You know, We've had this um, situation, it feels like, a lot. Because the same thing happened, I think, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams the other week, too. Yeah,
0: and then Joe Mixon. You know, it happens. Yep. You
1: know, it, it
0: it happens. You know, it happens a lot. Um, Devontae Smith, solid play. You know, he's been up and down. Last week, he had a great matchup, and he came through. This week, not such a great matchup on that right side on the in, in that slot. The Gi- Giants are really more vulnerable on the left side, but everywhere else on the slot on the right perimeter, they've been holding it down pretty well. So don't right. love the matchup. I don't think his ceiling is that high this week.
1: DJ no, Moore. I, I don't see much of a ceiling there. Either. Sorry.
0: Yeah. DJ Moore at 26 against Seattle. I have him in the top 30 here. You know, <laughs> you know, Sam Darnold came in before the bye, and you know, he gave him a good game in a tough matchup. You know, I would imagine the, the Panthers are going to be down in this game. They're going to have to throw a little bit. So I think D.J. Moore can have a decent day. So I do have him as a high wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, I think that's where he belongs because we have to remember at the end of the day, even though they did well last week against, not last week, but the, the last time they played against the Broncos, uh, this is Sam Darnold we're dealing with. So the the quarterback situation in Carolina has not been fantastic. Obviously, D.J. Moore has dealt with that his whole career, and he can produce in spite of that. But I'm not sure. One good game. I'm not sure if you can tie together two good games, you know, in a row. Obviously, maybe the buy separating that might help him. But Seattle's good. I think they'll go up in this game. I'm not sure how much scoring the Panthers are going to do. Uh, but DJ Moore, he should he should have a nice enough floor that he can be starting. I think it makes sense to have him here in the top 30, but I wouldn't put him much higher than where we have him right now.
0: I have Brandon Ayuk at twenty seven, you know, just really a this is really low for him. This is really just a product of the new quarterback. Uh, I need to see more. I need to see more of a connection uh, between him and Ayuk. Um, until yep. I see that, I, I won't rank him too high. Ayuk has a really good matchup this week, but like I said, just worried about the quarterback just a little bit. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of weapons to feed as well. You know,
1: it's okay to be excited for Brock Purdy, but it's also okay to be wor- worried about him, especially <laughs> if you you know have any of these 49ers receivers. Um, he looks like he's going to provide similar production to Jimmy Garoppolo, but like we said, remains to be seen.
0: Uh, I have Mike Evans super low at 28 against San yep. Francisco. He's earned I it. mean, you, you just <laughs> can't, his ranking. Can't, you can, you can't depend on him right now. You know, if you're trying to make the playoffs, like how can you depend on him going up against San Francisco? You know, they've been pretty good against perimeter wide receivers, you know, especially from where he lines up specifically. They've given up the second least fantasy points, you know, on that side. Um, yeah. You know, so th- it's not, you know, I'm not excited about it at all. <laughs> so like, no. if I can, if I have a good option, like, you know, I was like, you know, do I want to start DJ shark? Like DJ shark has a higher ceiling than Mike Evans this week. You know, I have DJ shark at 29. Cause I, you know, Minnesota has been terrible against perimeter wide receivers this year. Like I mentioned earlier. So that's why I love shark this week as a solid flex play, solid wide receiver three play. Um, he's been getting it done. He got it done last week. Um, so I, listen, man, if you need a, if you, uh, you didn't hear from me, but if you need some upside, you might want to play DJ shark over my, Mike, Mike Evans. I, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait, clip, I can't wait to clip this next week and, and agree how, how wrong I was.
1: No, no, I don't think you're going to be wrong. Like I said, this matchup is not good. Mike Evans has been bad. Even if this wasn't against San Francisco, if this was against, okay, I'm not going to say Minnesota, but if this was a neutral matchup. <laughs> I think I'd still start DJ Jerk over Mike Evans. I don't think I'd be starting Mike Evans anyway at this point. I mean, there's probably better guys right now that you have on your team. Um, you probably draft him to be your wide receiver one, but he hasn't been that for a long time now. And like I said, this doesn't seem to be like, oh, he's just not getting the targets. I don't know what it is, but there's something seriously wrong with the Mike Evans role in this offense. He's not getting those targets. Chris Godwin obviously has come on. He's getting a bunch of targets, but there's no reason for him, him to have such a quiet game. I don't think he got a target in the game on uh, on Monday until like 4 or 5 minutes left in the second quarter. So yeah. they're just not looking his way. So I'm not sure what it is. I would maybe put DJ Shark over Mike Evans. And it might be a bit of an overreaction because we still know that Mike Evans has it in him. We just haven't seen it in a long time.
0: Minnesota has given up the eight, the the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last 8 weeks. So All right. something to keep in mind for DJ Shark. And then Adam Thielen, I have him here at thirty. You know, it was between him and who else did I have there? I think I had at thirty-one and thirty-two. I had guys like Zay Jones, um, I think. Zay
1: Jones. You know, guys like that, pretty Let's much. So um, he had Zay Jones, Mac Hollins, Corey Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Right. That, Those, exactly.
0: boom boom there you go so that, that's kind of like the guys that i'm looking at at 31 through 34 but uh if you want the rest of the rankings uh you can check out patreon slash upper hand, patreon.com slash Upperhand fantasy the link is also here in the description uh you can check that out and you can see all of my rankings i'll include flex rankings as well that's going to be up later today
1: 2400 sports is an odyssey company